Merry Christmas, everyone. This is our Christmas gathering, our last gathering of 2021. The next two weeks, be on the lookout um, for videos from Pastor Ryan and from Pastor Randall. They'll be posting video devotionals the week of Christmas and New Year's, and so you can find those um, in all of the ways that we communicate out our, our videos here at Anchor. Coming up in the new year, our new year series begins January 6th. We're going to be starting off with a series called Finding Rest in Our Busy Lives. Um, And so you won't want to miss that on January 6th. Also, as we begin 2022, we are going to be focusing in on prayer together as a community. And we're going to be starting that with 21 days of prayer and fasting, which will begin on January 6th. The daily schedule will be posted on the website and will be in our January e-news. Also, along the lines of prayer, we will be beginning that first week of January, our weekly Tuesday morning and our Wednesday noon prayer times. And so we're going to be gathering together on Zoom Tuesday mornings, 7 a.m. to 7.15 a.m. And on Wednesdays at noon, so 12 p.m. to 12.15 p.m. on Zoom to pray together. The Zoom link for that will also be in the January e-news. We are just really excited to be praying with one another as we move into the new year. And now we're going to have a word from Pastor Rendell. Hello, Anchor family. I am so sad that I cannot be with you this evening. I've come down with a bit of a cold, and uh, I know it's not COVID. I did have a test that came back negative, so I'm thankful for that. Hello, Anchor family. I am so sad that I cannot be with you this evening. I've come down with a bit of a cold, and... uh, I know it's not COVID. I did have a test that came back negative, so I'm thankful for that. But uh, just not feeling well. I've been coughing a lot and, and did not want to disturb the gathering at all this evening or spread the cold to other people. No fun. And so uh, I just want to uh, thank our leadership team for stepping up. And I know that uh, the gathering is going to be just a beautiful time together. And I especially want to thank uh, Rob Barrett the newest member of our preaching team for uh, stepping in uh, in my stead this evening. I know he's going to do a great job. So God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas and look forward to seeing you on January the 6th. So I maybe didn't know when accepting the invitation to join the teaching team that a you know, 10 a.m., hey, can you do the teaching tonight text was a part of the deal. But um, Pastor Rendell, we are praying for you that you would feel better soon. Miss you being here with us, but hope you are resting well. Growing up, one of my favorite um, traditions, Christmas traditions, was going to church on Christmas Eve. And my favorite part of that was actually at the end, not because we got to leave and go home, but because the church would turn off all the lights and pass out candles, and the, all, the entire congregation would sing Silent Night. It's a carol that we, we just sang, Pastor Randall led us in that, and it contains that beautiful f- phrase, sleep in heavenly peace. The image is of a tiny baby, the Christ child, the Prince of Peace, sleeping soundly in heavenly peace. The song Silent Night was my favorite for, for 
just that imagery of the peace and, and um, you know, those memories growing up. It's also a song that literally has stopped wars. It stopped the fighting one Christmas Eve in the middle of war- World War I when a German officer by the name of Walter Kitchoff, who is a tenor with the Berlin Opera, began singing Silent Night. His voice carried far, and the, soon the British soldier, soldiers began singing along with the Germans. The result was the Christmas Eve truce of 1914. Peace at Christmas in the midst of a turmoil. We see peace spoken about throughout the Old Testament. The word peace often related to a rest from war, or we often saw peace in a question raised when someone approached, do you come in peace? The first time peace was used in the context of the idea of personal peace was in the life of Job. For those of us that are familiar with Job, his story is one that turned into much suffering and much trouble. At one point about his suffering, he said, I have no peace, no quietness, no rest, but only turmoil. He reflected upon life before that trouble as being peaceful, but his circumstances had changed. After Job, along came a songwriter and a king familiar to us by the name of David, who wrote a number of songs, psalms, about peace. He wrote about the Lord blessing his people with peace in Psalm 29. How the meek would inherit the land and enjoy peace in Psalm 37. And about peace at your borders in Psalm 147, which again, a reference to peacetime instead of war. A couple centuries later, a prophet by the name of Isaiah took up writing about peace once again. This time, however, the message was about a future prince of peace. He writes to his original audience, the nation of Israel, who as a result of their rebellion against God were experiencing very little peace. Rebellion tends to cause you to forfeit peace. Some of us, I certainly have experienced that before. And in the place of peace, there would be oppression, destruction at the hands of the Assyrians, and ultimately captivity. Isaiah encouraged, sent an encouraging word that he received from the Lord um, about the coming Messiah. It's words that we have read and become familiar with as we've gone through our Messiah series And this evening, we're going to hear them from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it, with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We've discussed in our Messiah series, looking back in verse 6, that the concept of government has to do with systems or the weight of the world that would rest on the Messiah's shoulders. Here, however, in verse 7, Isaiah is speaking of his government. This is a different context. Isaiah is referring to the kingdom of God that the Messiah would usher in. Isaiah writes, of the increase of his government, of his kingdom, there will be no end. 
Now, the idea of the kingdom of God is one that we see Jesus and we, in, in the gospel spoke about quite a bit. It's a kingdom that doesn't have geo or, or political borders. It's not something that we can, you know, that follows the borders that maybe we're familiar with when we look at the map or we look at the globe. And it's a kingdom that has spread beginning in Israel to literally the ends of the world. And we have a video that shows how the kingdom of God is spread. Really just amazing to see what started 2,000 years ago as really first a group of 12 disciples and then a group of about 100 in an upper room has now spread the kingdom of God in every corner of the world. And, you know, the kingdom is what we celebrate. The inauguration of that kingdom is what we celebrate when we think of Christ moving into a world of, of the first advent that we celebrate now in Christmas time. And I'm going to share just three ideas around the kingdom of God and how it impacts us, especially this idea of a kingdom of peace. And the first is that the kingdom of God is a never-ending kingdom of peace. As the kingdom spread, so did God's peace. Isaiah writes, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Regardless of one's living conditions or the earthly government that they lived under, the peace of Christ was brought. And it brought calm and it brought tranquility to the person who was trusting in God. It was a peace that, regardless of one's situation, could be found and could be true for them. Isaiah, elsewhere, in verse 26, writes, You will keep the perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. No matter what situation someone is living in, no matter what country they find themselves growing up in or residing in, the peace of God is available for them because the peace doesn't rest on people, doesn't rest on us, but it comes because of Christ, because of who God is. And that peace is a powerful peace. Sometimes we can think of peace in kind of this passive idea, but this peace of Christ is powerful. It's a peace that can break down walls of conflict and walls of hostility between people groups. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, writes that for Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. It's peace that can unite people who are are hostile to one another. It's the peace that brought an end to fighting on Christmas Eve 1914 between the British soldiers and the Germans. It's a peace that united the Jews and the Gentiles that we we see so much conflict between as we read the New Testament. And it's a peace that's still available and that we believe in today to bring peace to the middle of conflicts that we see throughout our world. The peace of the kingdom of God is also a peace that abides in us when we don't understand why something has happened. Over the last two years, I think we've had far too much practice finding ourselves in situations where we don't understand what is going on around us in the world. 
Paul writes this in Philippians chapter four, verse seven, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How many of us have called out for the peace of God at some point in the last year when confronted with loss or heartache or just circumstances that it's hard to wrap our minds around? But we can trust in that peace of God and we know that it, that it will come and it will guard our hearts and it will guard our minds. And one of the reasons why we can trust in that is that the peace of Christ can literally rule a heart. Colossians 3 verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Isaiah writes that there will be no end to the kingdom of God. And so we also know that there will be no end to the peace that is afforded to us as Christ followers, as people who trust in the person of Jesus. Unending peace is the hallmark benefit to those in the kingdom. But in thinking about peace, I have a few questions for you. Is there hostility between you and someone? A friend, a coworker, a roommate, family members? Is your mind unsettled, unsettled? Is it wandering from stress point to stress point? For those that are gathered here this evening or on live stream, or do you find your mind just kind of moving to that next thing that you have to do or that thing that's just weighing on you right now? Is your, your mind unsettled? Are you shaken by a situation that you don't understand? Perhaps never will. Are you one month away from your wedding with a to-do list far too long? Maybe that one is just for me. But the truth is that we can let, we can let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And let is the key word there. You can let the peace of Christ rule your heart, but you need to let that happen. You need to open the door and welcome the peace of Christ in. It is strong, it is powerful, it is sure, it can last, but we have to let it. Secondly, the kingdom of God is a values-oriented kingdom of peace. The kingdom is linked to King David's throne. Tells us that the Messiah will be a descendant of David. And if you've read Matthew chapter 1 and kind of wondered why does this start with this long list of people whose names are hard to pronounce, that is the ancestry of Jesus. And we see in there that line from David, from King David and his throne directly to Jesus, put together, orchestrated in a way that only God can. Isaiah will go on to write about two essential values in this kingdom justice and righteousness. Justice is the administration of that which is just, of that which is fair. Spend your time with a group of high school students, you will very quickly realize that they care a lot about what is fair and if they see something unfair, they will let you know about it fairly quickly. Justice is also paired with righteousness. Righteousness, the enactment of that which is right. 
the good news for us is that the king of kings will rule in fairness. There's no partiality. There's no prejudice. He's not ruling while needing to worry about Democrats or Republicans or what the next polls will say. He rules in fairness. Now, wouldn't we love to say that we live in a world where there is widespread justice and righteousness, that as we think about that, that spread of Christianity map, that, you know, that was also a spread of justice and righteousness, but unfortunately we know otherwise. And there's two thoughts that I want to share here about that. The first is that for those of us who are followers of Christ, we are living in this kingdom, we are to be champions of justice and we are to be champions of righteousness in our world. We are to set free the oppressed. We are to live right. We are to be advocates of fairness. And I must say, as an anchor community, I think this is something that we do well. Reflecting back on our global impact focus and thinking about what we have done to bless our city and our world this year, it's it's amazing. And so I think as a community, we can see examples of us doing that, but I think it's also a call for us to continue, for us as individuals and as a community to continue to be those champions of justice and of righteousness. And in that, I think secondly, we want to remember that God sees all. He sees every injustice. He sees every unrighteousness. He will, he will enact justice in his second coming, in his second advent. We are living in this kind of tension right now that we could think of the kingdom of God as now but not yet. But we can trust in what is coming. In Romans 12, 19, Paul's actually quoting Deuteronomy 32, 35, when he says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. We belong to a kingdom of justice and righteousness here and now. We might not be seeing it, but we know it is advancing. And we as image bearers of Christ, we are to live out these words of Micah. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. What we can't fix right now, we know that God sees. And justice, though temporarily delayed, will come. We can trust in that. Third, the kingdom of God is a kingdom that is a guaranteed kingdom of peace. A guaranteed kingdom of peace. Here we are in another Christmas season that quite honestly doesn't feel as normal as I thought that Christmas would feel this year. Many of you are still joining on live stream. We have people in the room, which is certainly better than, than last year, but you know, certainly we're hearing news of COVID that, that isn't great. And so in thinking about a kingdom of peace, I think it might be natural for us to maybe ask the question, well, 
this sounds great, but how is it going to be accomplished? Can I really trust in this peace? How do we know that this amazing kingdom that Christ established and maintained is going to be all that the scriptures say it will be? Isaiah answers this when he writes, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Zeal is a word connoting jealousy. The New Living Translation says this verse as the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The Lord of angel armies is jealous for you. Jealous for you. Like a lover jealous for the affection of another, so the Lord is jealous for the affection and well-being of those that he loves, us. And he wants more and more people to be able to experience his love. This is why his kingdom has spread throughout the world and it continues to be good news to all people. He wants people to be ruled by peace in their hearts. And he champions justice because he loves people. He wants them to be treated fairly. So Isaiah is saying it is Messiah who will lead such an enterprise. When Christ was born, he was born the king to lead the kingdom of God. And surely he was qualified to lead this. Messiah is more magnificent than words, and he is named Wonderful. He leads with impeccable wisdom and named Counselor. He is a strong and conquering king, overcoming hell and death and the grave, truly worthy of the name Mighty God. He is the eternal king, fitting of his name Everlasting Father. He is the peace giver whose very name is Prince of Peace. We can trust in those characteristics of the Messiah. We can trust that Jesus is who he said he is and that he is doing what we read in the scriptures. And so how do we respond as a community here and celebrating Advent in 2021? First, we receive the peace of Christ. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. One of the beautiful things about receiving peace is that anxiety and peace, they don't interact well together. So we can cast out that anxiety and receive that peace. We can place our lives in the hands of Jesus. And if you've never received the peace of Christ before, we extend that invitation to you for the very first time. Open up your life to him. Open your heart to a Messiah who loves you, cares about you, that you can place your trust in and follow Jesus. Second, after we received the peace of Christ, we can abide in that peace of Christ. Colossians 3.15, as we read earlier, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. 
keep your mind stayed on Christ. You can trust him. But again, we need to let that peace in. We need to open that door. We need to trust him. And finally, we respond by extending peace to others. Jesus in Matthew 5, 9 in the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. For Christ followers, as we look at the world around us, as we hear the anxiety creeping in about a COVID variant, as we gather with family at Christmas for maybe the first time in two years and maybe wonder in the back of our heads, should we be doing this? As we, as we travel, as we look at a world still torn apart by conflict, as we think about people in Kentucky and other places impacted by tornadoes, we know that our world needs peace. Our world needs to have this kingdom of peace extended into it. And we have the ability, the opportunity, and the privilege to be image bearers of the Prince of Peace. And what a great opportunity that is for us to bring that peace, that peace that we saw reflected in Silent Night, that, that image of a babe sleeping in heavenly peace. That's the peace that we can extend to our friends, our family, our coworkers, and the people that this Christmas season is a little tough for. And we can share that even with our community as well, which is why it's so great that we are able to gather together this evening and celebrate Advent together. As Pastor Ryan comes to lead us in another song, we're also going to celebrate communion together this evening. Often, it's a challenge to connect the Christ child with communion. But when we consider that Jesus was pre-named the Prince of Peace and that he won peace for us on the cross, it all makes sense. Peace with the Father, making reconciliation possible. Peace with those previously in conflict, breaking down the walls of hostility. Peace internally in our spirit. All because Christ was born to die so that we may live.